We had Jeff Hathorne, our sports director, on in the last segment. And here's the money quote from Jeff, Doran, about Mike Tomlin walking away from Brooke Pryor at the end of that press conference. Quote from Jeff, I don't know if he necessarily knows if he's going to be back. That's maybe why he didn't want to get caught saying one thing or another. Now, this isn't a hot take guy. This is someone that I trust, that we trust, that everyone should trust. Jeff Hathorne saying he doesn't know if Mike Tomlin knows if he wants to come back. Woo! Woo! Yeah, I mean, Mike Tallman's just such a, you know, live-in-the-moment type guy. I mean, that's just kind of how he operates. He thinks, you know, one day at a time. I don't know if he's a real, real big-picture guy. And, you know, whenever he's in that moment, he just lost a football game, and that's always worried about. So I think that – well, do we know when he's going to talk? Is he going to talk today? Is he going to talk tomorrow? You know what? I don't have the answer to that. We'll, it'll, it'll be one of the next couple of days for sure. We'll find that out, and I think he'll decompress and, and sit there and think about it because he knows the question's going to be asked again um, with more detail. And I think that – I think that the media, uh, in this case, whenever he does talk this time, whenever the season's over now, that has the right to pry at that. Like, I don't see – like, he can't run away from it this can't time. Can't run away from it then. It'll be one of the first questions asked, and there will be follow-up after follow-up. And he has, to, he has to obviously answer that in a way that, I mean, why not be direct and, you know, not be on the fence about it? I think Jeff makes a great point. If he knew, he'd have found a way to answer the question one way or another, and he would have done a snippy Mike Tomlin one-liner. He probably doesn't know. It's a long season. It's emotional right after the game. All the national reports are that he's going to take some time and think about it now with one year left on his contract this offseason. You know, I'm buying that he doesn't know. And I think the best thing for this franchise is that he does sit out and then maybe you trade him like Sean Payton a year from now and you move in a different direction because the last seven years, they just simply haven't been good enough. We'll get into that a little bit more later on in the program uh, as we're kind of juggling 15 different Steelers topics, obviously, right now in the aftermath of that loss. Mason Rudolph yesterday, quarterback rating of 80 through two touchdowns, one interception, 228 yards passing. Are you going to be back next season, Mason? You know, I love the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're, they've been my only home for six years. Um, we'll see what happens. Like I said, <laughs> it's not really my decision. It's a, a lot of it's out of my control. We'll see what happens. We'll get into whether or not they should bring him back. Probably in the next segment. I want people's calls on this and that at 412-928-9370. And the text line, the same number, brought to you by Edgar Slander and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Let's focus on the now before we get to the then, Doran. How do you feel like he played yesterday, Mason Rudolph? I thought he was solid. I thought he was solid. I think that he didn't get any help on the, the interception. It, you know, it was an empty package. Uh, you didn't have a sidecar, didn't even threat to run, and you ran – you know, a comeback on the outside of Deontay Johnson and where he actually put the ball. And I, you know, I know that it was an interception and it was, a, you know, it was a kind of a momentum changing play. But where he put the ball was where exactly where he should have put it low and outside. I think that Elam just made an incredible play. He turned around and the ball kind of just hit him in his hands. Um, yeah, his back was turned when he threw yeah, that ball. Like, I mean, he put it right where the, where Deontay almost should be the only person to be able to get it. But Elam just put his foot in the ground, turned around, stuck his hands out and real low. And anticipated where the ball was going to be. So I think it was more of an incredible play than a bad throw by Mason. Probably should have threw out of, out of bounds, obviously, and lived to fight another day. But other than that, I mean, there were some throws. I mean, you talked about it before we were um, hit the buttons to, to get on the show. The throw to Deont or to Pickens. George Pickens, yes. the Kind of like the back shoulder middle of the field throw. Uh, he was throwing the ball pretty well. And, you know, he, he had his team fighting back. So I thought he was solid. I don't know. There are people out there saying that Mason was trash yesterday. I just didn't see it. 
he played well enough that he got the team back within seven in the fourth quarter as a 10-point dog, even though I thought the game plan was atrocious. Like, I don't blame him for the game plan. I don't blame him for scared money don't make money. Like, the opposite of that, which is what the Steelers did in this game. Jeff said it in the last segment. He said they coached kind of scared, tentatively, at the beginning of this game. Najee Harris agrees. The way you're built, what's your counterpunch have to be to that? So, he's asked here about counterpunching to having a stacked box. The way you're built, what's your counterpunch have to be to that? Run it anyway. That's what my T say. That's what we say. That's why we walk around and, and make and say that saying. Um, <clears throat> we walk around and say run it anyway because we know we're going to come out there and pack the box. We know that. But, you know, this isn't the first time teams done that. We run it anyway. Sometimes we do good. Sometimes we've got to, you know, build off of those plays and uh, start. A team that plays more nickel than any in, in football in Buffalo. A team that plays more too high safety trying to stop the big play than any team in football. Abandon that philosophy. Sean McDermott did to put an extra guy in the box almost every single play, and Najee Harris said there is no counterpunch. The counterpunch is run it anyway. That's not Mason's fault. If that's what Mason's being told, because I thought, all right, man, you see one single high safety, you got to give the guy freedom at the line of scrimmage to check out of that and take advantage of some of your one-on-one calls. But hearing from Najee there, if Mike Tomlin's saying the counterpunch is run it anyway— I'm guessing Mason didn't have the ability at the line of scrimmage to check into passing plays to try to take shots down the field. And that's how they got into the playoffs. Exactly. Is taking advantage, finally, of when teams did that and they went back to their old ways in this game. I can't put that on Mason Rudolph. I mean, I feel like Romo said it at one point in the broadcast that Mason was cooking a little bit and that's going to back the defense off uh, so the run game can get started or kind of vice versa. But, you know, uh, you, you had teams that Mason beat that they were threatened by him throwing the ball down the field because he was connecting for the games that led them into the playoffs. And then that's when the run game did open up. But it just seemed to me that McDermott, and from the people we talked to last week, is the is the best defensive schemer in the league, was like, you can run the ball all you want. Like, we're not scared of Mason. They weren't scared of him. And the Steelers were like, well, you know, we hang our hat on the run game. And you're not scared of Mason. We're just going to try to run it as much as possible. And you just did. I don't think the Steelers had the faith in Mason. And I know that the Bills didn't have the faith that Mason Roof could beat them. Yeah. The way that they played absolutely backs up your point there, Doran. And then it's so weird then that on second and goal from the four-yard line, you don't even have a running back in the backfield. I thought one of the more questionable play calls of the game too, Doran, was on that Steelers field goal drive to make it 21-10. to the Steelers had it at second and nine at the Buffalo 22. Second and nine, Buffalo 22. And I shouted at the TV, and I will remember this forever. About five seconds before the ball was snapped, Buffalo rotated a safety down into the box. There's like It looked like on the screen there were like 15 guys in the damn box. Second and nine, Buffalo 22. Najee Harris runs right into the line of scrimmage. Because mm-hmm. where else are you going to run it? No gain. Then it's third down and nine. And you've got the entire world knowing that you have to throw it in that situation. That is the example of no counterpunch. That is the example of bad coaching. And again, I can't then put the third nine throw on Mason Rudolph when the entire world knows he's going to throw the football. I, I just can't. So I actually think Rudolph was solid. You say Rudolph is solid. He played a pretty good game. Where do you come down on this, Steelers fans? 412 928 9370. We want your calls on how you thought Mason did yesterday. 
Do you think Kenny would have given them a better chance? And what do you make of the future now of Mason Rudolph? Would you have him back next year? 412-928-9370. We'll take your calls. We'll take your texts, which are brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Right now, though, it's an Austin Bechtold fan headline. Steelers lost by two scores, 31-17 to the Bills in Buffalo AFC wildcard game. Tampa Bay beat Philadelphia 32-9. Houston is also moving on, as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. Green Bay stunned the Cowboys 48-32 and were the only road team to win over the weekend. Also, if you would like to read more about what Najee Harris said, go to 937thefan.com and his comments on the team's philosophies. For more, 937thefan.com, here's Doran. Trust is a key component in my life, and let me tell you about somebody that I'd absolutely trust to sell my home, and that's Gina Petro. You'll have a five-star experience when you sell your home with Gina. You hear me talk about how great Gina is all the time. Michelle was planning to sell her home, and her cousin just kept raving about Gina and her team's work. Gina and her team came prepared when they went to sell Michelle's house for the first time and talked her through what she needed to do to get her home ready and what to expect. The communication was great, and the Petro team was patient with Michelle and her husband until they were ready to put their home on the market. Gina will sit down with you. You agree on a price. You agree on a deadline. If the deadline passes and the home isn't sold, she will have a bought and turned into a rental. She also offers a no-obligation guarantee. She doesn't do her job at any point. You're free to get out of the contract. You know what to do. Pull out your phone. Give Gina a call, 724-602-9752, or Google Gina GMP of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's Gina Will Sell Your Home. Okay.